0: How's it going, everyone? Welcome into the Sports Appeal Podcast. I'm your host, AJ Teal. As always, to my right, my co-host and my dad, Noel Teal.
1: So I have a bone to pick. Pick it. So I go to this gym class. I see yep. uh, a friend of uh, your mom's, and she goes, oh, my son just started watching your podcast. Loves it. She goes, AJ's awesome, and that guest host he has is pretty good, wow.
0: too. Wow. Guest Who's host. Who is that guest host? Who is guest that guest host? host? host?
1: Missed one wow. episode in three years. I'm the guest host now. Nice. People don't know that you're the co-host.
0: <sighs> it's in the intro, is it not? It's, Every it's, episode. It's, it's not in the uh it's not in the title of the show. And and now you can't even say that, you know, you can't even use the excuse if you heard another voice or you don't you can't tell the voice apart. We're literally on video. You're seeing us as you're watching now. If you don't already are if you're not already on, you know, Spotify, we, you know, we pushed apple podcast because it was a more accessible uh yeah. platform but the video is on spotify you click on the episode the the video is there it's like a youtube video you're watching us talk live it's you know it's it's, it's a much better experience so uh yes you are the official co-host for people that don't know of three years nice. now running really pre- really uh, so congrats it. thanks thanks for being here guest host noel teal on today's show we have a big show to start the week off today yep. we said we'd come back With a little masters recap. It was a really good tournament as expected. John Rom is the freaking man. I mean, this Mm. guy is the definition of clutch, the definition of of a winner. You know, he is he has been on a roll. I mean, this guy shows up when it matters most. So we'll talk about him. Um and and his so happy for him. So happy right. His performance there. We have NHL season last week of the regular season, winding down the Bruins break the all-time win record. We'll discuss them. The NBA play-in tournament starts this week and then playoffs start this weekend as well. Uh, On Friday, we'll get into a NBA kind of playoff preview. Um, But today we'll talk about the play-in games. Um, And then we get into our defensive draft rankings um, on the NFL draft side because we have our mock draft 1.0 on Friday as well. So it's a Mm jam-packed week. A lot of stuff. To yeah. talk about it. I'm excited to get into the defensive side of this draft because the focus is on the QBs, the wide receivers, the running backs. We everything we talked about uh, last episode, but there's some really good guys uh, we got to talk well, about on the defensive side.
1: Especially on the defensive line and at cornerback.
0: Yep. Big draft for uh, for those two positions as well. So let's get into it. We have a lot to talk about. Let's get into it. Let's run it. We'll start as we started last week's episode as well, where we previewed the masters. We gave some picks out. Um, I believe you took Scheffler, if I'm not mistaken, to win. I, I took did. Jordan Spieth yeah. to win. Uh, my Spieth pick, man, day four. Yeah. Jordan yeah, Spieth nice. turned it up. He finished and top Nicholson, 10. Him and Mickelson so, were Right, right. Mickelson was amazing too. Cool. Spieth, Mickelson cool. turned it up. Spieth finished in the top 10, so I'll take my win for the masters on that one. Um, but neither of us went with who we both love and we both knew would show up in this mm-hmm. tournament. John Rahm, who ends up winning. Brooks Koepka was leading the entire weekend. It felt like he crumbled day four. He, he was yeah. he was completely flustered until the two birdies on the like the last
1: four holes. You know. Right. So you know. First of all, I mean, if nobody saw the Masters you had a unbelievable first day it was beautiful it was gorgeous 80 degrees and everybody shot lights out right? yep. everybody was minus 7 minus 5 minus 4 then on mm-hmm. saturday if you got out in the morning like kepka got out you you beat the rain and right. then the rain came the wind came uh, it, two huge trees fell down on the golf course they had to like come in with chainsaws to get them all out and then yeah. they had to suspend it play it Sunday morning, finish the third round on Sunday morning. And then two hours later, all right, here we go with the fourth round. So it didn't help Kepka, uh, no. but man, it, it certainly helped Rom.
0: He yeah, it definitely helped Rom. Rom was, Rom awesome. was, was dialed in. He was, you know, behind the pack. It was Hovland day one. Kepka mm-hmm. took the lead day two, day three, and then day four. Kepka starts up bad. John Rom takes advantage. You had Spieth, Mickelson play really good last rounds. Lowry played a yep. good last round. Like, these guys, you know, that finished top 10 really all came from that, that one under, two under. They, they really weren't any, in any contention to win. The fact that they even put themselves in contention almost a couple strokes yeah. back is pretty impressive.
1: Well, I think the coolest thing for Rom is Rom is typically the kind of guy that just goes for it. Like in early, in, early in his career, he would just hit it as hard as he could. And he went for, you know, if it was a par five and, and it was 550 yards, he went for it. You know, and he didn't care about the water and everything else. He played such an amazing, smart, you know, simple, put it in the fairway, make a good right. second shot, putt it twice for a par, you know, on the opportunities on 13 and 15 and 17, get a, get a birdie. He got a birdie. You know, I, I just thought he played beautifully. Absolutely. Beautifully. Oh, yeah, he, he, and,
0: he played a great and game. Kep,
1: and kept and Kepka just hit a lot of shots at just either you know,
0: they rolled the wrong way. They didn't,
1: he didn't quite get the putts going right. He just, he couldn't make a birdie for like 22 right. straight holes.
0: Yeah. I mean, he had the, the, when the, when the putts, uh, when you missed the putts on the last hole and then you tee up on the next one and the tee goes 20 yards to the right. I mean, he just, you could, re- you could, you could obviously see he was flustered and he was kind of crumbling. And you, when, it, when you, when you know you're starting to, to lose strokes and other guys, you, he was conscious of what Ron was doing that yeah. day and the guys behind him, well, I mean, against I'm, you and yeah, Right, mentally he was he was you know done, the you weather, could tell that he was done. The weather made that course impossible on Saturday, Sunday. And like- and you know what's crazy about watching the Masters is you watch, I mean, you you watch all these these major tournaments, you watch, you know, every course these guys play on is going to be difficult, mm-hmm. but the greens at the Masters is literally like ice. It is literally mm-hmm. like an ice hockey rink on the green. Yeah. I mean, you hit that ball two miles an hour; it's going to roll off. I mean, I don't know yeah. how they do it. I don't know how they control the the speeds there. It's 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 unbelievable. My, I mean, it.
1: But my, my favorite thing in the whole world is when someone hits a shot; it hits the green, the whole crowd goes whoa, then it spins it back, and it yeah. spins all the way off the green
0: into the water, and they're like, ooh,
1: nothing.
0: crazy, <laughs> unreal. So, congrats to Rom. He continues yeah. what has been, you know, a really last good couple of years of and- of majors for him. His second and, – and congrats to Sam Bennett, man. The U.S.
1: amateur finished minus two the first time he's ever played
0: Augusta. Yeah, like, pretty I, pretty. I, I can't even put my hand around that. He's 23 years old. And, 23, come on.
1: Right? He's 23 years old, and he has to go back. He had to fly back t- last night because he was playing in the Texas A&M Aggies Invitational today, where it's 36 holes, and you have to carry your own bag. The poor guy just played four rounds at the Masters at the and shot
0: two under. <laughs> Unreal. <laughs> That's crazy. Oh, it, was, it was awesome. Great, great stories with with amateurs there. Um yep. for that. We move from the Masters now. What what are we looking at now? Are we NBA? Uh, or I'm saying, NBA I'm, I'm saying for golf. I'm saying for golf. What's the next major US, Open. What,
1: US, Open. US Open. June? June?
0: June. Yep. Father's Day weekend. All right. So we'll wait till Father's Day till golf returns there, but fun weekend at the Masters. We move to NHL first, um, where we have a week yeah, left yeah. of the regular season. So our playoff preview for NHL will be, you know, uh, probably a week down the line. Um, but the the teams are clinched. You know, we're we're forming the the matchups as we speak. Um, but a big point Sunday, uh, two days ago, the Bruins beat the Flyers. Why is that significant? It gave the Bruins sixty three wins on the season. It gives them the all time record for most wins. In an NHL season, they have they have 131 points. They've lost 12 games in regulation this year. Unreal season. They still have two games left. They'll probably get to 65 wins. Um, and and it's an unbelievable season for a Bruins team. We'll talk more about this, like we said, uh, you know, next week. But a Bruins team that anyone will tell you, even Bruins fans, was not expected to be this good. They were just they nope. just weren't, and they have played exceptional this year. Well.
1: That was my point, or the point I was just about to make. Going to the season, they they didn't they had
0: like one guy, right? It's the yeah. same guy. It's Pasternak. It's Bergeron. Oh. It's you know all I mean, those guys were hurt way. at the beginning of the yeah. year. You look Bergeron, I think missed twenty games. Pasternak missed the first ten. Like these guys carried, you know, the first the, month. Mm-hmm. right? The younger guys carried, you know, this Bruins team that had all these injuries and all these uncertainties to wins. And then yeah. those guys came back, and Marchand's having a great year. Pasternak has, I think, fifty goals, like unreal kind of season. uh, You know, when you look at the circumstances, so hats off to the Bruins, they're obviously going to be the number one seed overall in this entire, you know, Stanley cup playoffs. And they will be the first seed in the East and probably a heavy title favorite. We'll see though, if history catches up on them, because as we talked about before, does the team that always does this incredible, uh, uh, breaking records and all this, do they actually win it all? You know, you look at the warriors when they broke the bulls record, the 73 wins, they ended up, you know, uh, uh, did they lose that, that in the finals and, that year um, yep. so
1: listen everybody in the east is good anybody could beat Boston in a seven game series
0: right so, so the, we'll, 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 we'll talk more NHL when we get there Friday is the last regular season game so on uh, next week we will have the playoffs set um, as we get to the NBA the playoffs actually are set um, we have today we have two uh, games in terms of the play in in the east we have Hawks Heat uh, Timberwolves Lakers. And then Wednesday, we have Bulls Raptors, Thunder Pelicans. Um, the rest of those games will be finished Thursday, Friday, and we'll have a field set, um, for Saturday. When the playoffs start, we have a couple, uh, uh, other matchups set for the weekend, um, for Mm -hmm. the teams that don't have any implications in the play Um, but we'll talk about more of those Friday. I just wanted to get our quick picks for this play Um, you know, we had some craziness in the last, uh, Regular season day with Rudy Gobert throwing punches at his own teammate. The Jazz <laughs> ended off their season with a bang, but uh, they're out of the playoffs, so you know no real need to talk about that. But you know the Lakers couldn't uh, after after playing so great they they couldn't sneak into uh, to a spot. They will be in the the playing game there, and the same four teams that have been all season the playing in the East are are there as well. So Hawks Heat winner of that will get the seven seed. The loser. We'll have to play the winner of Bulls Raptors there. So in the East, I'll make this very quick. I'm going Hawks over the Heat. I, I've told you this. Uh, I, I've said this Stop all along. It. This this Heat team, you know, has been underperforming all year. You know, I think it's cute and all that Udonis Haslam got to play in that last game and dropped 24 points on the Magic, which is hilarious. But, you know, I, I just don't think, you know, that... Uh, well, the Heat in previous years, where they made the run to the conference final, they made the run to the finals in the COVID year. Like in, in those years, I really think they believed. And Jimmy Butler is one of those players that we obviously know comes out in the postseason, mm-hmm. takes over. I, I just don't see it this year. None of the, none of these teams, let's make that very clear, have any chance of doing anything nope. in, this, in this postseason. I think they nope. know that. And so this is all just talk to talk about the plan. I'll take the Hawks to beat the Heat. That means the Heat. We'll have to beat the Bulls or the Raptors. I'm going with another upset. I'll take the Bulls over the Raptors. This Raptors team has no business being six point favorites. Again, Bulls underperforming year, barely made the play in. Still got to 40 wins. I think the East was a lot better than expected this year. Mm-hmm. This Bulls team is the only team from from out uh, of these four that could you know pose any sort of threat uh, to winning a game or two against the Bucks in the first you know in, in the first round there. Um, so bulls over Raptors and I will take, um, I will take the, 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 the heat to beat the Raptors, I guess. I don't know. I don't even know. Uh, this is the, the East is kind of just a mess. Um, in terms it, of these playing. um, as I will you said, take you, you're utilizing breath that is only going to be worthwhile for about a right. week. I messed that up though, but I will take the Hawks. Yeah. The Hawks get the seventh seed, and then I'll take the uh Bulls to beat the Heat to get the eight seed. Um that's okay. my prediction. The East. Just, just to be just to be different, I'm going the other way. I'll take
1: the Heat to beat the Bull uh to beat the uh the Hawks. The Hawks. So they'll yep. get the seventh seed, and I'll take the Raptors
0: to beat the Bulls and Trey Young. And I think the the Raptors will get the 8th seed. All right. You take the two opposite there. In the West, Lakers, I think they'll handle the Timberwolves. They're playing too good right now. Thunder Pelicans, um, I think the Thunder have had a great run. Chet Holgram's not going to play. I'll take the Pelicans to beat them. Timberwolves, Pelicans, they just played this past weekend. Um, I think this Timberwolves team is playing a little little better um, than the Pelicans right now. Again, the whole Zion situation, he's not gonna be back for any of these games so nope. i think that would add a little bit of a spark give them a chance there but i will take lakers timberwolves to stay where they are seven eight right now in the west
1: i'll i'll go lakers thunder so i uh, the i thunder. I, like, I do like the thunder i like shade Gilgos alexander i just like the team without zion i think they handle the pelicans and then i think they'll definitely handle the timberwolves so i'll, I'll take the thunder to be the eighth spot and i'll take the lakers to be in the seventh
0: all right, there's your playing picks. We'll come back when it matters, Friday, NBA when Playoff Preview. Matters. And we'll pick an NBA champion uh, before the playoffs begin there. Uh, but time to move on what we really want to talk about in today's episode, and that's the NFL, dra- the NFL Draft. Um, we are inching closer to the draft. We're already at April 11th at the time that this is going out. Yep. We, are, uh, we, we had offensive rankings last week. We are at uh, defensive rankings now before we get to our mock draft later this week um so we will start with, with with defense we have five positions we'll cover on defense the the interior defensive line uh edge linebacker corner safety um uh, on defense though it's a little uh di- it's a little weird edge linebacker and and defensive line i mean no matter where you look it's going to be different in terms of where you know different websites and and people just, you know list them
1: let's, um, let's just kind of look at edge and defensive line as all one Big
0: unit. Yeah, yeah, you can look at it as all one look. I I think there are prototypical defensive tackles that play defensive tackle. They don't play edge. I think there's, yeah. I, I think edge and linebacker is where it gets you know mixed all in right, that. I fine. mean, if you're let's, let's if do you're D-line, linebacker, let, let,
1: hey, let's do D line, let's do edge, let's do linebacker, and let's do defensive backs.
0: I got I got them all. I got them all. Let's yeah. out here. I'm just saying. I'm yeah. just talking to the people. Yeah. Uh, edge linebacker. You know, all linebackers are going to rush. You know, right. all edge rushers are, are required to, you know, play linebackers sometimes. So it's a lot of interchange. I, I, the way I picked it, my, my top three, if you didn't watch our offensive, our top three from each position we'll pick and, and go three to one. Um, my defensive linemen are my interior guys that I think are, are the best of the best. My edge rushers are guys that I want, you know, Micah Parsons rushing the passer. i um, focusing on that. My linebackers are the, you know, the guys that are better in coverage and are going to play that, you know, 4-3 linebacker position. Uh, Corner safety also have as well. Let's start with defensive line, though, where our probably biggest story of the entire draft um, sits in in, in Mr. Jalen Carter. We'll get to him in a second, though. I will go three to one on my my defensive lineman, though. Defensive lineman, pretty stacked class. Big guys um, coming out of this one. I will start with uh, Miles Murphy at a Clemson defensive tackle. You're, you're putting him at three, guy. Miles Murphy at three, uh, wow. defensive masterpiece in terms of uh, size, in terms of speed. Um, this this guy, I mean, he had an amazing combine. Um, yeah. and and all his measurables have really paid out. Um, I, look, when when you talk about an interior defensive lineman, six five, two seventy, two eighty, um. You're looking for the run stopping ability, of course, but all three of these guys we're going to mention have elite pass rushing ability. Pass rushing from the interior defensive line; these guys that are going to line up and they can, and they also have you know flexibility to line up. Like we said, edge. You know, mm-hmm. they can line up anywhere on that line. Versatility is huge. Um, that freak athleticism is there. Um, I, I I love him. I love his 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 uh, teammate that I'll talk about in a second. Um, mm-hmm. I think Clemson this year. It's kind of crazy that. You look at their def- at their defense and all these prospects that they have, um, you know, and in- in defense, how were they so bad this year? DJ Ugulele <laughs> or whatever his last name was was really yeah. bad. Put that in perspective. Um, I mean, he bench-pressed 405. Um, he was squatting like 500. This guy is an absolute, you know, beast. He's a monster. Um, yep. He's going to be a monster. I, I, I like the big fatties. We got to talk about the big fatties because there's a lot of good ones uh, I'll take. Murphy at three there. Well, what's amazing is Murphy's not a big fatty. He's 6'5",
1: 268.
0: He he's a big dude, a,
1: though. No, he's a big dude, but he is an athletic freak, ripped big dude. You know, I mean, he's not Jalen Carter at 314 pounds, right? Miles Murphy is a machine. He ran the second, I think, second or third fastest 40 at the combine for defensive ends. I mean, he is awesome. He ranks for me number two. So I mean, just turning that around, I, I think, I, I mean, we all have probably the same number one. So, but my right. number three, I'm I'm gonna go a little outside the <laughs> box. I kind of flip flopped between two guys. I really like uh, Kalijah Kansi on pit. He kind of reminds me of a little Aaron Donald, you know, yep. look, kind of that thing. But I have you seen this guy from Northwestern, right? I, I I'm gonna screw up his name. Adidemawa Adabawari. <laughs>
0: Let's Uh, go with that.
1: Sounded sounded good. Sounded pretty good, right? This guy, 6'2, 280, ran a 4'4-940. I mean, this guy was so good during the season. He is so fast around, you know, around the interior lineman. He's so like he's got that Aaron Donaldson quickness, that first step, that first move, that swim move. I really like this guy. I think he's gonna absolutely be a First rounder somewhere probably in the 18 to 24 spot. Uh, I think he's going to be excellent. If you combine everything he did on the, on the field this year with everything that he did at that combine. And I don't think you can not put him in the top three.
0: Yeah. I like it as well. Um, I have Brian Brees at number two, the other Clemson defensive tackle. Um, he he's was bigger more. Fatty. Of, <laughs> yeah. That's a big six six three hundred. 300. I mean, we're <laughs> talking about a, when we're talking about guys, this, this big, you yeah. know, produces at the, you know, as as a run stopper, as a nose tackle, played that position there in college, can also play just as a regular tackle between the gaps, rush the passer, you know, stop the run. Um, that's what you're looking for as, a, you know, this guy's going to be a top 15 probably pick um, in there. And, and then teams are going to, you know, look for a guy that can slot in there and just wreak havoc, wreak havoc up the middle because, mm-hmm. you know, the edge rushers I feel like have really – become abundant. You know, there's a lot of guys out there. Everyone has one, you know, everyone has a a freak, you know, six, five, six, six guy that has incredible speed that can rush the passer, but to have these big guys that not only can just take up space, but can actually be someone that can rush the passer as well. And, and, and just create havoc. Like you see how special Aaron Donald is, you know, when you hit on a guy, you know, maybe not anyone will come close to Aaron Donald, but mm-hmm. to be that that disruptive of a defensive tackle is huge. You know, the, the Murphy, Brees, two guys that I can see, you know, doing that um, in the in the NFL as well. Obviously, Jalen Carter we'll talk about next. You know, we we see having the the highest ceiling of doing that.
1: So the only reason I did listen, if you watch them play, y- y- you have to be impressed. Like he's a good football player, right? Yeah. And, but his combine was terrible.
0: Didn't right? have a I great mean,
1: test. No. I mean, the, the vertical wasn't good. He only benched 22 times, you know, in terms of the bench press. Like, showed a little bit of not not as strong as some of the other defensive tackles, right? His cone drills weren't as good. Like, everything about him, even some of his physical attributes, they were, like, measuring him up. And, and you know, his arms aren't as long. His hands aren't as big. Like, like, when you get down to the nitty-gritty and we're putting the top three, like, you got to be all around ready to go. Absolute. I can't miss on this person. Brian Breesy to me is like, I think a good, like if I got him in the second round, I'd be like, still, I, I, if I was putting him up in the first round, I, I'd have, I'd have a little, concern. a
0: little concern. Well, there's concern that he had an injury uh, a year ago. He tore his ACL, mm-hmm. I believe. Um, but he bounced back and had this great season, you know, for Clemson this year. So I, the injury kind of takes it out of me. And you see his production, you know this past season, and and that size that he brings. You know he's 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 a bigger version of of Murphy. You know that that played right beside him, and, and I think both of them can play a little different styles. And and that I look at Brian Brees as as that. In, I'm talking an interior defensive lineman. I think he you know is the better at that. You know at that position that he he'll, he'll be the better Clemson defensive yeah, but, tackle out of the two.
1: But but Miles Murphy is so versatile. You could put him everywhere he on is, the he line. Is. He's going to be a, a DeMarcus Lawrence type. Like, you're going to put him on left side. You're going to put him on the right side. You're going to put him in the middle. You're going to have him rushing, standing up. He can go back in coverage. I, I love Miles Murphy. That's why I have him number two.
0: Look how good, and, you know, we talked about Jordan Davis, and I was really high on him. You weren't. Mm-hmm. And and look how, you know, impactful he was to an Eagles team that went to the Super Bowl, and he just kind of, you know, played his downs. And, and Hold on. Time out. Okay. What was my biggest concern about Jordan Davis? That he, I don't wouldn't know, wouldn't stay play healthy. Wouldn't he wouldn't be on up. the
1: field enough. He wouldn't be down on third downs. He was impactful when he was healthy for like three games. But this guy spent more time on the sideline than he did on the field.
0: Yeah, but he was he was impactful when you see it. I, my point is, is I think that that the defensive tackle spot, the the pure nose tackle, big you know guy in the middle, is becoming yeah. underrated. That you need a guy that can, you know, that, that that can take up space in the middle there. I mean, how many teams are getting absolutely destroyed? you know, in the run game that are just getting bumbled up the middle. Um, It's it's a big spot that people need to – teams need to, you know, address. But you got to be on the field. 100%. But we take – it takes us number one where we talk about Jalen Carter, and this is the, you know, undoubted best player, you know, on the defensive side of the ball. If there wasn't a question about off-the-field issues, we know multiple teams have him off the draft board completely. That's Um, ridiculous. we, we don't know if that is, if that is a, you know, we're not taking him no matter what, if, if that's, we're not taking him unless he drops into the, I don't know, 10, 11, 15, who knows, you know, this is a guy that was supposed to be a top three pick confirmed. It was done. You know, if, if this situation never came out, the bears may have not even traded that pick. They probably would that's have right. taken Jalen Carter, but now yeah. we just don't know. Uh, he is it, take the off the field issues off, you know, uh, and, disregard them for a second he's the best defensive prospect in this entire draft when you talk about a guy that combined Brees uh, combined Breesy and and Murphy and just put them together you know a 6'4", 320 guy that moves probably faster than both. you know is a is a an edge rusher a defensive lineman a nose tackle line him up wherever he you know where he where he feels comfortable uh, and he's going to get it done I mean jumps out of the out of the building, um had a great combine as well. I don't know. I, I feel like like Jalen Carter, I get the off the field issues, but he is too, you know, unique of a prospect and too yeah. too talented to really have have a, a situation that I think has dissolved and I think is, is gonna pass over to really impact okay. you drafting a franchise caliber Three player. Three things. One,
1: the he it's not like this guy has a tremendous amount of off field issues. He made one very poor decision, poor judgment, as a twenty two year old who just won the national championship. So right. unfortunately, people lost their lives and it's heartbreaking. But he was not the cause of the person mm-hmm. who, who died. Number two is all the BS that general manager saying he's off our board, he's off of that is crap. It is right. total crap. This is the best defensive interior person since Aaron Donald, hands down. I think he will be absolutely dominant. He's so physically gifted. When you watched him play this year, two people, three people, it didn't matter how many people you put on him, he'd either disrupted or he caused three people to get on him so everybody else on his team could rush in. He is so gifted. I would draft him in three – Nope. 1.3 One point three seconds it would take me <laughs> to hit the button to send the, the to the commissioner to make the announcement.
0: Yeah, I mean it's it's just going to be about. I think it's going to come down to draft day. You know, d- d- draft day is not for another three weeks. I think maybe teams will in in three weeks if nothing, no news comes out about him. You know, he we, they see that okay, it's been you know a month or two, three since yeah. this has passed over. Now maybe let's take it, this serious and say, are we really passing up on this guy? The, the guys that have pick maybe eight nine ten because that's There's where no realistically way. he's gonna he's gonna get there i that mean at way. this
1: point and, and he's gonna be a steal steal an absolute so,
0: steal we'll see you know what what happens as we get closer if teams are are bluffing here or he actually does end up being that top five pick that we thought he'd be but this is a generational player best since aaron donald i think is yeah. is where we're at um and and he is Inter- the interior 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 yeah uh, interior guy that can line up like we said anywhere, and versatility is huge, you know, yep. with with defensive linemen nowadays. But that's the lineman there. Um, let's go to edge rushers. I know we said edge linebacker, whatever. I chose. I will be for, shocked.
1: I will be the, shocked if we differ,
0: if we have different opinion here. The th- three edge rushers I chose are the three guys I think are the best pass rushers in this draft. The linebackers I went more coverage, you know, middle linebacker guy, captain of the defense. But these are the three best edge rushers in the draft. Number three, I have Tyree Wilson out of Texas Tech. Uh, I think this guy, you watch him, big 12 defenses get a lot of hate. um, But this was a, you know, a huge bright spot um, in Texas Tech's, you know, defense here. Um, Pass rusher, 50 pressures last year, 32 quarterback quarterback hurries, um, you know, eight sacks on the season. Those are great numbers um coming from a guy that that stands, you know, 6'6, 280, uh didn't have the best 40 time, a little slower on the end. He's more of a power guy, literally is going to power through you, which works too. I mean, you know, you don't have to be the fastest guy. I'm sure the the speed will come, you know, with it already. Strong, really, you know, really has an elite, you know, kind of strength ability to bull rush a tackle all the way back um and 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 you know, get in the face of the QB and and I really like how you know how he showed up um, in film and how he showed up to the combine as well. So um, I I like the the athleticism mixed with the size and that strength is kind of you know when you look at the other edge rushers, it's more speed, it's more you know athleticism. He might be the strongest edge rusher out of the out of the group,
1: buddy. I, I that was so good. I I don't even know if I have anything to add to it. Plus the fact I agree with you that he's the third guy <laughs> yeah. of the top three. It, the only reason he was not higher is because of his speed at the combine. Like yeah. the fact that he ran a four eight two concerned me a little, a little, right, right. But you, However, when you watch, you, no, watch when you watch him, and, and he has it doesn't it, it, seem to matter.
0: Yeah, he doesn't have. I think this is the problem we've gotten to edge rush with edge rushers. We'll Micah Parsons, Parsons. <laughs> Michael Parsons is a problem because yes. there isn't anybody <laughs> like Micah Parsons. There's just not. <laughs> Yeah. No, edge rushers aren't supposed to run four fours. They are it like a four eight is fine for an edge rusher. Like we're, we're I was sitting here like he's slow. No, he's, he's fine. He's incredibly hey, athletic. He's we a have, good run stopper. We, he chases down. We have one coming up. If we, if we thought alike,
1: who would you have number two,
0: number two, I went with the, uh, is it German? Is that the the last name? What, what ethnicity is uh Lucas van Ness? I don't know what the, it's the van. Usually the, uh, german german side there something something european guess guess what wow we did not agree at all it is it has happened again in the draft there comes a every draft there comes Mm -hmm. a player on each side of the ball that i fall in love with Mm -hmm. um we had and it happened to be you know a lot of these cowboy players um that we've drafted in recent years that's why i love the cowboys and how they draft they draft a lot of the guys that we like C.D. Yep. Lamb, we were dying. We love C.D. Lamb. We got him. I fell in love with him. Van yep. Rush a couple years ago, obviously, you loved Parsons yep. um, there. Um, I'm trying to think last draft. Uh, I can't think off the top of my head. But I, in this draft, offensively, I love C, we, I love C.J. Stroud. I think this guy is the real deal. I will mm-hmm. you know, argue for him to be the number one guy off the board. And in the defensive side of the ball, I have fallen in love with Lucas Van Ness. I mean, this guy, film... The combine he had, you know, his his story, you know, going from a guy that really didn't get playing time at Iowa to becoming probably what'll be a first round pick um in Van Ness. This guy, 6'6, 270, you know, the production that he had in his uh in, in his season um at, at at Iowa, eight sacks on there, 43 total pressures, uh, 15 tackles. Uh he is he is an all-around kind of you know, super athletic player. His nickname is Hercules. Hercules. I mean, how, that's,
1: how does a wait? How does a guy have a nickname Hercules when you only bench press seventy
0: seventeen times? You know, the the two twenty five bench press is so stupid. I don't want to hear another person talk about bench press. And I'm 17. someone that bags brags about my bench press, but I'm not an NFL player, and I don't look like yeah. an NFL player. Six five, two seventy five. He looks like he was carved out of stone. That's why they call him Hercules. So. I don't know. I I really have just loved watching him. You know, you you. I'm not going to say that I you know followed him during the the college season, but looking at draft tape and and looking at him and and following him and seeing the really the you know him moving up draft boards throughout the week. I mean, this guy was probably a third second round pick moving up into maybe late first. Um, I I really just have fallen in love with with how you know how much of a force this guy is and how athletic yeah. he is. He might be the most athletic player in, in, in you know in on the defensive side of the ball oh, he, stop it stop it that's a very exaggeration. very very low floor in terms of the nfl ceiling i think he's a, a comparison is a lot like trey hendrickson um i i think he's a just a a, a force he'll do whatever it takes to get to the, the to the quarterback whether its power speed you know he has he bust out the spin move go watch the tape the spin move is is it's that, an excellent one. He he reminds me of Carlota. <clears throat> that that's about as
1: much as you're going to get. Carlota's
0: had a great rookie, Good, year.
1: rookie season, but he is not top three. I I think you're stretching a little bit with your love of Iowa. I I'm I'm love a little Iowa. bit perplexed. I'm actually in shock that we did not agree on this because he's the guy I have fallen in love with, and I thought you were right there with me. My number two is Nolan
0: Smith from Georgia. Okay, uh, but let's let's hold off on it. Yeah. I move I have him, but I have him number two linebacker. I think he is a very I think he's an excellent player excellent linebacker not the not the best edge rusher. I think linebacker hold on
1: he is an edge rusher. look his season was cut short when he tore his pec, right so mm-hmm. we're only able to see eight games of this past year right so uh, I think a lot of people forget he didn't play in the playoffs he didn't play in the championship. this guy just ran a four three nine. he has Micah Parsons type speed. His, his. You want to talk about a combine? He finished in the top three in almost every category of quickness, speed, vertical, broad jump. He is an athletic freak. You want to talk about a freak? Lucas Van Ness couldn't hold Nolan Smith's jock. Right. This guy is the most athletic. The most athletic. I think he's more athletic, candidly, than Will Anderson. Will Anderson's just a better football player. But Nolan Smith is going. If healthy, Nolan Smith is going to be a deal
0: in this draft. I understand the torn pec, uh, but when you look at the other seasons, three sacks of sophomore year, six sacks junior year. he was getting better and better. Yeah, yeah. Getting better. Um, he, you know, he... you he know, also it, played...
1: Listen, he also played on a Georgia team that had Nicole right, Dean and I, a million freaking 1st round graphics.
0: I, I understand all that and I want to finish with the edge rusher before I, I will talk about him again linebacker wise. When you yeah. look at him, you know, his junior year was that that full season that he played, you know, he mm-hmm. played over 500 snaps there. Um he, he he had over 40 tackles, you know, 11 uh, or, or you know, 11 tackles for loss. Um it w- was a great linebacker. Mm-hmm. Had a I think his the his quarterback rating, you know, when he was targeted, a great coverage linebacker was like under 60. I mean, this guy was is a is a super, you know, big speed, can cover tight ends. I like that a lot. He had, you know, 10 sacks in his in his in his season. He just didn't have the production edge edge rush wise. So that's why I'm not going to will he be an edge rusher? Sure, edge yes. linebacker. We talked about NFL, everyone's going to you're going to have to play both positions. Yes. This guy is a great outside linebacker, can definitely rush the pass or can definitely, you know, blitz on occasions, but he will be an outside linebacker in this in this league. And that's where I love him. I had him at number two in my linebacker. We'll get there eventually. Um, but but well, I, I from, think Van Ness, pure edge yeah. rusher, is will be better in the NFL. All right. Number, number one, one pretty is, much is Mr. Will Anderson. Uh, yeah. Will Anderson. I feel like Will Anderson isn't talked about enough, which is crazy as it seems because this is, right now, with Jalen Carter's situation, the best defensive player in the draft. I mean – yeah. with the situation Carter's going through like this is probably number 1 on everyone's board you know this is a top 10 pick where he goes in that top 10 you know is yet to be seen with with kind of how the the quarterbacks and the the trades are going to work out cuz there's a lot of movement right now Arizona's calling people Indy's calling mm-hmm. people we we just don't know but in terms of Will Anderson 64 uh 250 4640 you know still has that that tremendous speed as well um that we talked about his 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 pass rushing, I think, is secondary to how good of a run stopper he is. We talked about 14 sacks um, last season, which was unbelievable. Rushing the passer, getting to the quarterback, but he also, uh, it was some un- unreal stat. I, mean. I think he had 23 tackles for loss uh, last yeah. season. Like th- this guy, whether but it's that, the quarterback or the running, whether it's the quarterback or the running back, he's in the backfield. He'll yes. make the play. I mean, but what, 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 what I else could you wrong. not like from that? You, don't, you never want a, a one-dimensional kind of edge rusher that just rushed the quarterback and then he's a liability running the yep. ball. Uh, you don't want the opposite. This guy brings you both at an elite level. Um, I'm just reading off his stats from last year. Um, right now, uh, 23 tackles, 60 pressures, 36 quarterback hurries along with his 14 sacks. Nobody else came close to his numbers last year in college. He deserves and, to be the, the number one edge off the board and, for good reason.
1: And he was better the year before as a sophomore.
0: I mean, that's crazy. the crazy part.
1: His numbers were fantastic last year, but they weren't as good as his sophomore year. I mean, if he it's, came out it's as a really sophomore, he would have been the number one pick in the draft. Like, that's how yep. good he is. He, he's a no-brainer. He's he's physically on the football field in a helmet and pads, the most dominating player in college football right now.
0: Yep. And he was this year. I mean, he mm-hmm. he was this year. It was his, his, uh, his sophomore year. Yep. Really, you know, just... Incredible production, you can't lose on him. You can't. lose. Incredible him. production throughout college. You know, we'll hope he does the same. You know, in 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 the pros, it just we'll see where he lands. Um, in this, is there a possibility he be, he is a top five pick with the Jalen Carter situation? Very much, yes, definitely. I think I think top five is is still in play, but we'll yeah. uh, we'll talk about that uh, later this week. Let's move on linebackers now. Um, we we talked about edge linebacker, but um, at number three, I wanted to. I wanted to throw Andre Carter in there uh, from mm-hmm. Army. This guy was a beast 2 years ago. 2 years mm-hmm. ago was a was an edge rusher, full on edge rusher at Army. I think he was up to like 10 11 sacks. Um was 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 a really, you know, looked at on draft boards this year, obviously couldn't come out as a sophomore. Um but this year only played 100 snaps at edge rusher. Came back as a linebacker, kind of kind of teams figured his his as edge rushing a little out didn't allow him to get as much pressure. He switched to more of a linebacker uh, kind of player, and and I really you know liked how he played this year. I know Army is you know Army, and he's probably not playing in, against the best competition there, but good good pass defender, um, another good run stopper as well. Uh, I wanted to throw him in there because the two guys I wanted to talk about um, at linebacker I think are, are pretty you know are, are pretty set in terms of you. We already talked about Nolan Smith; he'll be my two. Um, but I wanted to throw him in in number three because a really, really strong player I had to switch kind of, you know, sort of play styles and still was successful with it. Probably won't be a first round pick more a day two guy, but yeah. wanted to talk about and throw him in there.
1: So my, my number three, pure right. middle linebacker or linebacker is Henry Toto from Alabama.
0: I, I like I just, him. I don't like I just, the hate he gets. He I don't like the lot hate he gets,
1: of hate. I don't understand player. why he's a very good player. Yep. He, he, I mean, the guy had 67 tackles. The guy is in the backfield. He had 13 pressures on the quarterback, right? He had three sacks from a guy who doesn't really rush the passer that much, right? And he covers guys pretty well, you know, as a as a uh, a defender. I just really like this guy. And what I really liked about him is when he transferred to Alabama, right, he just got better and better. Right. he played for tennessee he was good he came to ten uh alabama he had a really good junior year he had he had an even better you know uh senior year i i like the progression i like his i just like the, the way he plays linebacker. it's it's kind of like leighton van Esch. you know he wants to be where the ball is right, right. And, and for me you know i i would put him as number three i think there's a lot there I think his forty time at four sixty two was maybe a little slower than we wanted to see, but overall, in terms of just not rushing the passer, but
0: pure linebacker, I'd put him through. Right, gotcha. I I respect that one as well. Uh, a little undersized, I think that's kind of where maybe you know six some ones. some mm-hmm. some stuff comes from. I don't know. He, Alabama defensive players, you know, they you know that they're coached hard, you know that they're you know that they hit hard, and you know that they play good. Alabama always has this fantastic defense so i i I tend to really enjoy you know alabama defensive players and think that there's i don't like the hate they get because these guys are the best of the best you know especially coming from from alabama so number two is nolan smith for me like i i already said edge rusher fine you know had i don't think had the best or anywhere near the best production at edge but when you look at linebacker the you know held held QB's to under, you know, sixty QBR when, when he was targeted is a really good uh re- a really good defender in terms of guarding tight ends, you know, maybe even slot, you know, slot wide receivers in some type of zone defense. So I think that's a lot that's very valuable. Um so I'll put him at number two in my linebackers. Um and then when we get to number one, I will go with another Iowa boy, Jack Campbell, um, is my number one at, at, at linebacker there. I mean so cool. I,
1: it's so cool that you skip my number two. You know, you just went right to, you, you went three, two, one sorry. on your side. Oh, it's all good. You're the host. You know, I'm just the guest guy, you know, whatever. But hey, it's good. The good news is we have the same number one. Okay. All okay. right. So same, same
0: number one there. What's your number two? What's your number two?
1: My, my number two is Derek Hall out of Auburn, right? Mm-hmm. Big, six three two fifty four ran, you know, a 455, right? For that size. Jesus Christ. Like that guy is a monster. And when he went um, his senior year, man, he he played a lot, right? I mean, this is a guy who had a total of 47 total pressures. And at the same time, he was a guy that did go back in coverage. He had eight sacks. I mean, this is a guy who could do it all. You want to talk about, you know, uh, whether he's an edge, whether he's a linebacker, I think he's a multi-position guy. He can play the Sam. He can play the, the
0: weak side. I really like him. I think he's a very versatile big dude. All right. I I agree with that as well, um, but back to number one, it's Jack Campbell, Iowa. Oh. I am a sucker for, of course, coming from playing linebacker, middle linebacker as a you know as a kid. I'm just I just have you know a uh, a soft spot for for the the typical captain of the defense middle linebacker, when and that is you, what when you
1: played linebacker.
0: Uh, back in the day, were you six five two forty nine? No, I wasn't. I was. I'd be probably where Jack Campbell is if I if I was. But six five two fifty. You know, Jack Campbell looks like the next guy that'll slot in as as been a linebacker. Luke Kuechly, yeah, uh, yes. that's Badder-ish, a great you know, comparison. The, the, Luke you know, is a
1: great comparison.
0: Bobby Wagner, like these, yep. these staple middle linebackers, he is the best by far, you know, in, in this draft, will be a first-round pick. If you need a captain of your defense, you pick Jack Campbell. I mean, it, it, this yep. is such a low floor, um, or, or I'm sorry, high floor, floor. high yep. floor type of pick. Like this guy is going to have a phenomenal long career in the NFL where he plays probably a lot of meaningful football, on probably some of the best defenses, you know, in the league. Um, You know, some of his stats last year, he had eight, over 80 tackles, played 800 snaps. So he was always out there for, you know, for Iowa there. Um, When he was targeted, QBR, 70. My you know, favorite just, stat. Just, My favorite stat. Uh, the QBR really, was 70 when he guarded he the
1: running backs
0: or right. the tight so, ends. Right. Just so totally when weird. when, you know, when you talk about a guy that, you know, is 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 physical can stop the run plug the hole but he can also you know guard the running backs and the tight ends out of you know the backfield and 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 yep. especially guarding tight ends nowadays in the NFL he really just looks you know like like the looks prototypical the guy and when you look at Luke, Luke Keekley we all know you know especially if you grew up when I did like that yep. was that was the that was the guy Luke Keekley yeah. was the middle linebacker um yep. and the captain of the Panthers especially when they went to the The Super Bowl there, so this I have a very high expectations for Jack Campbell. It seems like a safe, safe, safe pick. Um, Excellent tackler. The only question,
1: the only question is because of how good the cornerbacks, the quarterbacks, the wide receivers, and the defensive players are, and a couple of the offensive linemen. Will anybody pick a pure linebacker in the first round? I I think Jack Campbell might might be a early day two. Guy, Oof. I
0: but
1: would, i no, would steal love in it still Stealing half. Steal in half.
0: Steal.
1: I, I just don't know that a pure non-edge rusher will, will be a first runner this year but he is he's by far the best of the of the group
0: i like it jack campbell great player there so we've agreed on all the number ones um yeah the number so ones. far uh we'll see cornerback safeties if those agree look the uh the safety is a little weaker the corners are a real hot topic first, for for this corners. draft this this awesome. is a this is a you know really stacked top corner uh prospect. There's two guys I think you could argue for the top, um, which I really want to focus on. My third guy threw in Christian Gonzalez there, really high regarded, Ooh. high rated um corner out of Oregon. Uh 6'1, 200. Um, you know, th- there's a gap between the top two guys and, and Gonzalez. I think he's definitely the third guy, though. Um, you know, he had uh, six six pass breakups, four picks. Um QBR was a seventy when he was targeted. You know, you always want to look at you know low QBRs, um especially in college there. Um Pac twelve, not the greatest thing to to really judge on there. Um, but he's really producing every year that he's played. He was a you know four year senior um at Oregon. So that's where I'll put number three, but the two guys I, at the top I want to talk about. I I I'm actually a little bit perplexed.
1: I, I I'm dying to know who your number two is because Christian Gonzalez was
0: my number two. Like, I mean, this is. Wow. The, that, wow. I Look, all the other ones that we've talked about, D-line edge, linebacker. Uh, look, I understand we could have, you know, differences. Yeah. I don't see how it's very close. I don't. <sighs> wow. I I don't I know, know where your number you're gonna... three, though. I know your number three is now. So I... you can talk about him and I'll talk about him, why he's my number two, I hope. I think we're going to go a little
1: different, but I look, I I love Christian Gonzalez. I think at six, one, he runs a 4.38. He's a track star. Yeah. Right. Th- this is a guy at 6'1, 200 pounds that could cover anybody. He's gonna, he's physical, he's fast. He's his uh QBR against his target was 74. I mean, this is a guy who was all conference, all everything. And I think candidly, I mean, I I have a definitive <laughs> number one, but I think he's the second best corner in the draft. So, I, I'm a, all right. Wow. So, my My number three is Joey Porter Jr.
0: Wow, okay.
1: We're going way different. We're we're going going way different. Way different. different. Listen, I I don't if 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 Keely Ringo is in your top three, I'm leaving this podcast. No, he's not there. He's not there. Okay. Fine. I know I know everybody's high on Emmanuel Forbes. Like great, and you know. Um at, at the end of the day, for me, when you watch Penn State play, Joey Porter looks like a physical dominating corner you don't want to throw on that side of, of right I, I agree yeah he, I he's agree. six he's six to 195
0: I think he's got about three percent body fat the guy is chiseled like there's no tomorrow. And, and I think when he does this and you can't really see the full yeah. screen but when he his arm his wingspan is unreal I mean you throw a ball up his, he's probably swatting it down his wingspan
1: is literally like I think it's like seven feet long. It's That's unbelievable. Crazy. His dad played in the NFL, so he comes from good stock, good pedigree, right? He, his dad played for the Steelers. He played for the Dolphins, right? I mean, this is a guy who I, I just if you watch him play every year, he just got better and better and better. And his I mean this year made some plays like just just some of the like the knockdowns where he didn't have to stress that hard. He didn't have to like you know kill himself to get in front of the wide receiver and knock a ball down. I, I think he's imposing, I think he's going to get better at the next level. I think if you teach this guy a little bit of some you know how to use in you know leverage, I think this guy is going to be a phenomenal corner.
0: Couldn't agree more, and I'll explain why I couldn't agree more after I talk about my number two, okay. um, which is Devin Witherspoon. I mean, Devin Witherspoon. <sighs> But who is, the hell is your number one? Oh, my God. I don't know where you're going with this. Okay, go ahead. Uh, my going. number one would be the guy that you just mentioned. That's why I said I'll talk about it later. Oh. But <laughs> I want to talk about Devin Witherspoon. This is a close one. I think these two guys are neck and neck. No. Of, of who's, who's going to be the first corner off the board. It's going to be in that late first round. Devin Witherspoon is an absolute shut down man corner. I mean this guy, look at Sauce Gardner, his stats with didn't allow a touchdown in 2 years of college. I mean, yep. look at look at look at Devin Witherspoon. I mean, he allowed a 24 quarterback rating when <laughs> targeted last year, had 3 interceptions, um had had 16 pass breakups. I mean, an absolute elite in man coverage. And when you look at today's corners, you see a lot of guys that need that zone to thrive. When you got a lockdown man coverage guy, like I said, Sauce Gardner, and um, you know, obviously the guys that have been drafted in recent times, you know, this is th- this is someone that only comes around once in a while, you know, in terms of that elite man coverage. So, which is why I have I him love number
1: him. one. He, is, I love him. He is yes. the best corner. I mean, again, we're only talking about a year. He's the best corner since obviously Sauce. He is the best corner I have watched play other than Sauce in the last five years. I think Devin Witherspoon is going to be Sauce Gardner 2.0 for this year. He's going to be elite. He's probably going to make a Pro Bowl. He's phenomenal.
0: I love Devin Witherspoon. I think Devin Witherspoon could could even be the safer pick. I think Witherspoon could even be the safer pick over than Joey Porter Jr., who is my number one. When I look at Joey Porter Jr., I think the risk is there. I think he's a little slow at times. I think he relies on that wingspan a little too much, and relies on his playmaking ability a little too yep. much. But look, look at Joey Porter. Like we just said, like look at him. He is, he is, he is imposing yeah. just from his his frame, his stance. Like he he's, he he's obviously scary. is a scary looking person, and when he lines up across a wide receiver, you know that that imposed you know intimidation is is a real factor there. So I think. When Porter's lining up on you, he can easily jam at the line. You know, he's not getting blown by because of his lack of speed. He can recover no. with his athleticism and, and his wingspan. I don't know. I, I, There's something about Jory Porter that I look at and I say, this is a guy that maybe at times he could be like a Trayvon Diggs and, and that gamble, you know, kind of mm. uh, uh, mentality there. Sure. But if he, if he turns out to be, you know, this full potential type of player – Uh, The the build that he has, I think he could be generational um, talent at corner. Um, Jalen Ramsey, you know, is 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 a guy that you look at and you say the 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 the, the wingspan, the build, the way that Jalen Ramsey, you know, isn't the fastest guy out there, isn't the you know most most athletic, but his instincts and the way he just you know relies on himself to be in the right place at the right time. I think I see that in Joey Porter. Joey Porter is number one because. His potential is the greatest. I think Witherspoon might be safer. I think Witherspoon had the better, you know, college production. But Porter in the NFL is the guy that I'm taking the risk on, you know, first off the board at corner. Listen, Joey Porter, the the comparison
1: to Jalen Ramsey is brilliant. I I think that is spot on. That is is what you're getting. A physically demanding, very intense, high compete guy. Right. But Devin Witherspoon is a bigger,
0: faster sauce Gardner. Yeah, I mean, he, look, who do you want, Gardner or Chandler Ramsey? Like, you're getting a top five corner. These are two amazing prospects, and that's why I'm saying there's a there's a gap between those wow. two. I, I like Gonzalez. Well, hey, we had the same three. We just had them all shuffled a little, around. <laughs> a little different order, but look, I like all three of those guys. I think Porter, yep. the potential is off the charts. Witherspoon is, is that lockdown elite, you know, man coverage guy. All three of them, both prospects, are all great. three
1: will be first round picks.
0: Would love to take, you know, if the Cowboys decide to pass on a tight end, would love the Cowboys to maybe take done. one of those two um, and as well. The, I don't think they'll be there when they, when they draft. Probably not safety. We're running out of time. I want to talk about one guy. There's one safety in this, um, that everyone's talking about. That would be Brian branch out yep. of Alabama, uh, yep. six foot one ninety. uh, run, ran the four five, um, just as a, in absolute force. I mean, yep. when you talk about uh, uh safeties today, they're asked to do so much, you know, zone coverage, man coverage, to hit, to tackle, to to rush the quarterback. I mean, on on safety blitzes, he had two sacks um as a pass rusher as well was at the QBR of 70 when he was targeted. So he's really good in coverage. So when you talk about all those things that safeties are are asked to do and he does them all very well, that's something that you know, you, you know, teams are going to look at and they're going to say, yeah, if we need a safety, this is the guy we're taking, you know, it, Just going where he's out. going is kind of unclear. Now he's kind of in a league of its own. The safeties are, are, are weaker as a class this year than they yeah. have been in before. Um, yeah. but, but he is a, is definitely the best one. Um, I think in terms of, uh, you know, a uh, free safety, you know, uh, th- this guy is, is definitely the first guy off the board. Oh, he's not only the first guy off the board, he might be the
1: first guy off the board with about 20, 30 picks in between the next guy taken. Like, I mean, you know, there's just not really, I mean, Antonio Johnson out of Texas A&M and Jordan Battle, you know, out of Alabama, his his running mate, you know, are are decent. Sidney Brown is pretty good at Illinois, um, but there's not any really elite safeties. And with that position, with all the other positions, I don't see Brian Branch being a first-round draft pick. Uh,
0: No, I don't see him being a first-round I think it's a lot compared uh, you can compare him a lot to Antoine Winfield a couple years mm-hmm. ago was the best safety in the draft. He didn't go to the second round Tampa. I believe he's on now um, yep. a lot built like him kind of undersized, but can play the slot corner free safety zone in, in two man coverage um, can rush the quarterback as well, you know, really versatile player um, and, and safeties, you know, are, are, are put in a lot of different spots. And I think a lot of defenses use their safeties in many different ways. So, he can be drafted any team. He'll find a way to to you know fill a role yeah. on, on any defense. I do have one guy who I think is a little bit of a sleeper for
1: safety, and that is I, I always love secondary people that come out of Florida. I loved Kalir mm-hmm. you know whatever his name uh this past year and he had a good year at Buffalo. Trey Dean, the third, uh 200 two hundred pound safety out of Florida this is gonna be a good one.
0: Perfect. That is defensive rankings for the draft. We are all set Go. For Friday's episode, we are gonna have draft, to come baby. in. We're gonna come have to come in ready to talk a lot because it might be a little extended version. We uh, a little extended episode. NBA playoffs Friday. We'll preview them all. So we'll, much we'll, going on. We'll, we'll 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 pick the series. We'll pick a winner, and then we are also going to get to a mock draft 1.0. Uh, you know, somehow we're gonna fit it all in. So stay tuned. Uh, study your drafts. We'll see if uh, our picks are the same. Um, spoiler alert. <laughs> I will have C.J. Stroud going number one. So will I.